0: In sports, if you want to be the best, there are no
1: off days. Get ready to cozy up and get ready for a long, cold, dark winter. Now, eight months of sadness in the Cato household as the college football season has come to a close. Welcome to the No Off Days podcast. Chris Cato here to my left. I am Scott Smith. It is. I mean, it's eight I, months yeah, of sadness, is it I, not?
2: I am, uh, despite all my rage, I'm still just a rat in a cage. <laughs> what, no, it is. The, what's the shirt again? It says Smashing Pumpkins. But what's I'm, the infinite sadness? I'm melancholy. That's yeah. me. I'm melancholy. Appropriate. I, yeah, I fall off a cliff this time every year. College football season's over. I don't know what I'm going to do for And it eight came months.
1: to a resounding thud, too. It wasn't quite the, the walk-off sp- that we had imagined it would be. A Splatter it was yeah a bit of a splatter yeah but uh, we do have uh, NFL playoffs to look forward to and we'll get into all of that just just momentarily let's bring in Brian King uh, for behind the steel curtain Uh, of course defense wins championships and you are the guy that leads our defense here BK Um, yeah I mean that was we watched this national championship play out we had our little our little bets that we had in the sports office which uh, you became the big winner. He's and, the king. And, yeah, yeah, you were the one that called it as close as anybody got. Nobody, nobody pegged this one as being a 58-point route, but, but you called it. You said uh, Georgia was going to
0: win by 30. I owe it all to you guys. I mean, I just listened to what y'all said last week, <laughs> piece it all together, <laughs> and boom, it came off my You number. weren't
2: sold on my let's take TCU in the points. <laughs> oh, I didn't listen to that. Oh, so God. did
0: you take TCU in the points? That's the big I, question. I, I, I thought TCU would have more points than what they scored. Yeah, no, <laughs> no doubt.
2: Oh, my goodness. Hey, I do want to say in our little office pool, I did get Georgia's point total exactly correct, 38, but uh, of course, that's what they had at halftime. Oh, so yeah. I wasn't counting on another <laughs> half of football to be played. I thought there was a mercy rule or
0: something that they would throw in there Dude, they could have put 80 on them if they wanted to yeah. I mean, yeah. He,
1: yeah you're watching this games and you're just like okay uh, if I want to get my score prediction correct we're gonna have to slow down right. dramatically and that yeah. just it uh, was not the case yeah. uh, but we will get into all that in just a moment what, what do we have on the big program
0: here hey, great guest today we got Trent Dilfer yeah. currently the UAB head coach newly named former Buccaneer quarterback of course he'll be joining us talking about what he's going through I think it's been a few weeks. He's been since he's been named head coach at UAB, and the process he's he's going through. And they, you know, remember they are joining the American Conference this year, so they'll be uh, that's ESF right phones.
1: Yeah, you know, the the process when you get hired, especially in college football nowadays. I mean, you just have to hit the. You've always had to hit the ground running, but mm-hmm. I feel like it is just like it is. Even more. Now I mean, you're behind. Now, yeah, you're yeah, behind. Yeah. No matter when you start, you're probably behind. Uh, and here's a guy that comes from the high school ranks. I mean, mm-hmm. of, of course, he knows the game. He played professionally, played college football, all that. But to have to kind of learn all the nuances yeah. of leading a program, um, man, it, it's got to be a, a tough task. So we'll uh, we'll get into that with uh, Mr. Dilfer here momentarily. And then at the end of the program, tease us.
0: Uh, we haven't done this in a while, but uh, how about some headlines? I've come up mm. some headlines, some are real, some are fake, oh, and let you two decide about those. Most
2: shows do headlines at the top of the show, Brian. Yes,
0: but this not is
2: not like most shows <laughs> in many ways.
1: <laughs> I hope you have your sniffer working. We're going to sniff out those fake headlines. Uh, okay, let's okay. do that. Very good. All right. All right, thank you BK. We'll catch Thanks, up with you momentarily. If you're listening and you'd like to watch, go to fox13news.com/notpod. If you're watching and you would like to listen, we suggest maybe subscribing. Zap the QR code on the screen in the bottom right-hand corner by pointing the camera of your smartphone at it, and it'll take you to all our shows, a place where the sun is always out, the yeah. rose is always in bloom, hope springs eternal. Uh, like and subscribe on the audio podcast. Immerse yourself in the refreshing streams of Nod.
2: We Uh, plead with you it's always my favorite part of the show when you read the where to find the nod pod with some theme every week it's always some i want to be mystical it is i I picture you writing these at home like spending more time on writing the where to find the nod pod than you do the actual content of the show well
1: (laughs) brace yourself we're about to find out all right so uh you know we've watched blowouts take place for championship things i mean you have the famous uh, 49ers Super Bowl win over Denver oh, back yeah. in, like, what was that, late 80s? I mean, that was like a, what was a 50-point, 45-point route. You had um, Golden State Warriors. They swept the Cavs back in 18 in four games. That was that was one-sided. Um, you had, uh, let's see.
2: Feels like, feels like the. Tiger.
1: Tiger winning yeah. the U.S. Open in 2000 by 15 strokes. So. But last, last night, to us, as we're taping this, but uh, earlier this week, the national championship. I mean, this a 58-point route, Chris. This yeah. was nothing like the TCU team that we saw throughout the course of this season. Uh, I mean, it was it was Georgia at their best, right? Yes. I mean, everything was clicking. That offense was flying. There was, I mean, I don't know what they averaged per attempt, but uh, r- run game, you know, through the air, everything was working. The defense was just absolutely smothering those Horned Frogs. Uh, but you know, that TCU offense, I think it's it's just a little disappointing. The, well, the season yeah. that Max Duggan had, it just kind of. It fizzles like that.
2: Well, what's crazy, too, is that what TCU did in the game before that, the playoff game against Michigan, uh, they ran the ball all over Michigan, and Michigan all season had been, you know, no one had run on Michigan. So yeah. I feel like, you know, you heard a lot of reaction after this blowout game. Oh, TCU, they were frauds. They shouldn't have been there. I don't think that's it. I think they earned their place there. Uh, I think maybe Michigan let us down a little. That game, as you pointed out last week, Was a little skewed the way it went with the two pick sixes. There was, you know, Michigan, if they'd taken care of business, probably could have won. But TCU pushed them around at the line of scrimmage and gave all of us this thought that, well, if they could do that to Michigan, maybe they can give Georgia a game. But they just got run over both sides of the ball all night. Their defensive backs were never anywhere around Georgia's receivers. I mean, Georgia could have thrown it on every play if they wanted to. Uh, So, you know, I don't think it's so much. TCU is a fraud, the horn frauds. I don't think that's the case. I just oh. I just kind of think that, you know, I'd look forward to a 12-team playoff when it would give more opportunity to weed out a team that hasn't had all of its flaws exposed yet. And I don't know that TCU's season you know had really prepped them for a playoff atmosphere like that
1: well this is where you have you, you know you could put two teams on paper and say okay it's gonna be a blowout I mean at the beginning of the year nobody predicted TC T- T- was not in the top 25 uh, nobody really knew who Max Duggan was I mean he wasn't even the starting quarterback going in but like you put these two teams on paper and you're saying okay well this is obviously gonna be a blowout Georgia right but it doesn't account for kind of the magic that TCU had throughout the course of the season, the breaks that they got, which made it, it made everybody believers. Hey, right. like this is going to continue. Like, why not? This is this team has a little something special. Perhaps this is the year we see, as you put last week, the, the David beating the Goliath. The David in this story ended up being Georgia, though, uh, because what Kirby Smart has acquired there. Uh, in Athens is it's a it's a factory and and you're familiar with that as being a Bama fan Uh, when you have just layers and layers of talent that you know even in that game when they start swapping guys out in the second half
2: their third streams running
0: all over yeah I mean this
1: it shows you that this Georgia team and immediately of course they come out with the odds for next year and Georgia's right at the top they're gonna you know they're predicting a three-peat uh, but it, it has become a factory, and Kirby Smart has, has recruited his tail off and brought in guys that, uh, I mean, th- they could compete probably with some lower echelon NFL teams. Uh, it would yeah. be interesting to put them up there. Uh, but, but what they've done there and the career that Stetson Bennett has, and we've all heard the story of, of where he came from and the belief in himself and the ability to fight and, and to now have back-to-back national championships, what a story it is for him individually. But, uh, I mean, I think that we have seen uh, this model model of Mm -hmm. what every team in in college football uh, you know they want to be they want to do something like the footprint that that Nick Saban kind of started out with and his predecessor Kirby Smart has now carried that torch
2: yeah it feels like the torch has been passed as much as it hurts me to say that not that it can't go back the other way but they lost 15 draft picks to the NFL five first rounders off that defense and so you think there's got to be some drop-off they gave up, I think, 11 points a game last year. This year, they gave up, like, 13. That, the, not a huge drop
1: off. The question is, is this year's team actually better than last it, year's Georgia
2: Offensively, team? I believe it is. Uh, and then if you look at the um, current high school recruiting board, Alabama's one, Georgia's two. This, so this isn't going away. And any coach that can create this mindset that Kirby created this year where he had convinced his team that they were not the hunted we are still the hunters because this is a different team than we had the year before they're going to have that same mindset next year without Stetson Bennett but yeah why why not three Pete I mean you can have a level of expectation which is good but
1: Kirby hit on this uh, after the game his post-game comments it's the entitlement that really starts to undermine the, Mm the kind of the the foundations of a program. And so as long as you have, you know, that expectation and the entitlement is not creeping up there, then you can do some amazing things. Um, but th- there is a piece of this this Georgia now kind of early dynasty. I, I don't know. Maybe that's too soon to call it that. But uh, in Todd Munkin, the offensive coordinator, uh, you wonder if he's going to be uh, sticking around. Because, yeah. I mean, this guy has... He, he was here in Tampa Bay, and he was the Bucks' offensive coordinator. And he's, you know, bounced around the college ranks. He's been a head coach before at Southern Miss. You gotta think he gets another opportunity.
2: Well, now. and that's what I wanted to say too. When you're talking about Georgia sustaining this, right, and what we've seen Nick Saban do, okay, can you sustain it when every other year you're replacing your coordinators? Now tough. he did it this year. He play, replaced his defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning, and, and did a did a good job there. But yeah, if Munkin leaves, you know, Dabo Sweeney's had that issue at Clemson. Uh, you referenced earlier, though, my, um, my last week, I told you I was going to take those TCU points, right? The plus yeah. 12 and a half. I, I did. I, I scooped them up, Scotty. <laughs> did um, you lose
1: as much as Mattress Mac?
2: <laughs> no, I didn't have as much to lose as Mattress <laughs> right, Mac, thank yeah. goodness. No, I lost $25 on that one. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I realized I analyzed this thing all wrong. You know what I did was I, I usually study some film. I usually use my own yeah, expertise. The all 22. And all yeah. 22. And my years of watching countless hours of football and look at the analytics and, and make a pick. That I this time I just went with the mascots. I said, look, we got a bulldog over here. Right. But what is this horn frog? What is he? What's he all about? Well, first of all, he is a horn frog because he's a lizard. He's actually a lizard. Really. Yeah. He's actually a stubby. Spiky <laughs> lizard. But here's why I... Here's I want
1: all my defensive linemen to... To look encompass like that. Yeah.
2: yeah. Stubby, spiky. Well, here's another thing you want him to do, Scott. This thing's defense mechanism is it can shoot a stream of blood out of its eye socket. <laughs> up to five feet that it would spray a predator with. So I saw this National Geographic video of it uh, hosing down a coyote with its blood laser. And the coyote was like, what? What? It just got maced by blood. And so I said, there's no way I'm betting against that mascot there. And so I took the horned frogs. how How does that actually protect you? I mean, Whoa. I know it's a substance, <laughs> like, it but,
1: but the skunk, at least it, like, smells. And, wouldn't like, maybe... it
2: shock you, though, if I squirted blood on it you It right sure now?
1: would, but when I realized it didn't sting or anything, I think I'd just then eat you.
2: Oh, but... does it—this is a hypothesis. Does it paint the coyote with blood, another— predator sees the coyote as ah, wounded like and comes comes yeah, and takes out the circle oh, there we
1: go okay very interesting <laughs> i love your research was that wikipedia <laughs> my goodness no, um, i watched a national
2: geographic video i told
1: you you know another big loser in this is uh is shaquille o'neal because he he came out before the game and, and on the tnt program there and said that that he was he was picking tcu and if, if TCU didn't win, that he would eat a frog. He did. Guess what he's got to do? He's got to eat that frog. Oh, my gosh. But but I think he's probably going to do, like, frog legs. He squelched a little. Kind of a, a, little, a southern yeah. delicacy a little he, bit. If right?
2: you listen to his exchange with Ernie Johnson, he first said, I'll eat a frog. And then he said, I'll eat a horn frog. But then he dialed it back, and he was like, uh, cooked and fried. Uh, I wanted then, to, to lick a toad, one of those. Well, uh, well I was <laughs> thinking if it's the live, going to be a live horn toad, then Shaq gets the blood squirt right like you would have to you'd have to get past that the the, the yes the you have to wrestle laser. with it you yeah. have
1: to tame it and then you have to bite it i would like
2: off. to see him cook it and, and and dice it and put it on a, a papa john's uh big shakaroni. what do you think
1: oh that would be an interesting corn
2: Horn-fro- frog pizza
1: is that are those anchovies no my
2: friend no those are dive in toad eye socket yeah
1: well a long flight back to uh to texas for tcu um in that game. And, um, you know, they could probably use an emotional support animal at this point in time, but I, I hear that you have dug up another story on you are intrepid animal reporter, by the way, uh, about another recent, uh,
2: emotional support animal. Yeah know, just had the travel season here, right? And there was this whole hubbub with Southwest losing everyone's flights and their bags and everything. Well, one, one woman who didn't lose her bag was coming through the Tampa international airport. Um, and as they X-ray her carry-on, they discover a coiled shape within oh. her bag. And you know, these TSA guys are pretty good and gals. they, they can tell it's only one thing. And sure enough, she has carried her uh, pet boa constrictor. Oh my gosh. four foot long boa named Bartholomew, uh, which she told the Eat TSA my shorts., yeah, She told the TSA was her emotional support snake. Uh, Now, I have... It's gone out of hand. I have questions. If it's your emotional support pet, then why is it in your carry-on? Wouldn't you just have it around your neck already for support?
1: Yeah, maybe um, just the distance. Like, it just needs a... I don't know how those <laughs> things work. I, what, I don't understand how emotional support animals work, but like maybe it's just like she just needs to know that it's in the proximity or it could just be a lie. That's it probably be. what's going it, it, on. It here.
2: could have it, the snake could be filled with drugs and that's how she's getting through there. I don't, <laughs> it's a I, I don't snake know. Mule. I would wear mine around my neck, like the whole neck, you know, people wear the neck yeah, things. Like the, Jake would the would snake just, Robert. <laughs> you know, they wear the neck pillows. I would have a neck boa constrictor. Yeah. That wouldn't work out well, but maybe think of these other emotional support animals that people tried to get no. on to airports and they often did get these on airports remember these are real these are real remember yeah. dexter the emotional support peacock he was probably <laughs> the most famous uh, this guy tries to go through Newark uh, with a peacock <laughs> And, and they went I think and let, this can
1: be aggressive. No, uh,
2: wow. I, I, well, yeah, if it's it, they've got the feathers, In the an array feathers, of beautiful it could, colors. It yes. could distract the pilot. They like could if also you see shoot that, blood out of their eyes. <laughs> well, anyway, I won't linger on this too long. But uh, so we got a, a peacock, uh, a pig, a miniature horse, and the miniature horse. Actually, okay, I can see that. Got on, yeah, a sh- um, like a Shetland pony. Yeah, a little yeah. pony, and um, a marmoset. You
1: What's, know what a marmoset is, is? That
2: like a <laughs> it's like a possum. It's like a no. It's like a monkey. Oh, and da- you'll okay. like this one. Daniel, the emotional support duck, got on a flight. <laughs> Sounds like he has his own social media page. He, do, he does now. Uh, you you could use, I've seen you fly before. You fly kind of angry. You could probably use an emotional support. <laughs> I need something to calm me down. Yeah, bring your, you're a new puppy. You're a new puppy father. This yeah, is a perfect I chance do. for you to test yeah. Cal, was it, uh, Calvin. Is it Calvin? Calvin, yeah, yeah. Test Calvin out.
1: Well, we should, yeah, we should get, bring him on a flight. Although... He can't, you know, his his bladders about the size of a uh, coin purse. So I don't know that anybody would like that. Well, that'll that'll And I don't know what I'm doing yet. This is my first dog, so, you know, it's going to be a stinky mess for everybody on that plane.
2: Well, you're starting taking take him on outings, you know. You want to graduate him to the plane. Like yeah. first just take him to, uh, you know, a drive. Take him on a drive past the neighbors' house. Keep
1: him away from Betsy that brings her emotional support boa constrictor. Yeah, probably. Exactly. Bartholomew. are going to have a big, stay, giant pet fight on a plane. Stay
2: away from Bartholomew.
1: Well, the NFL playoffs are here uh, at long last. We had to bear what was somewhat brutal week 18, although there were a couple interesting games. Uh, Sprinkled in there, Uh, but we are now here—the real season—and for folks in Tampa Bay, it's like, well, (laughs) all right, let's see it. I think you've been doing the rope-a-dope for us all season long, here, Mr. Brady. Uh, Let's see if we can have this offense come to life and everything kind of clicks in all cylinders. But um, you know, looking at some of these wild card matchups, I mean, there are a lot of intriguing games. And uh, you know, your buy is going to be Buffalo on the AFC side, Mm -hmm. uh, which—no, sorry—it's Kansas City. There you go on on the on the AFC side, and then on the NFC side. it's Philadelphia, um, but do you see any potential pitfalls here in Super Wildcard Weekend?
2: I'm trying to find. I the, got my finger on a couple. I'm trying to find these intriguing games you just promised me were on this schedule. I see blowout, blowout, blowout. Uh, this no. you know this will be good. This is the best one. Well, uh, okay, aside blowout,
1: so maybe Miami Buffalo. Yes, I, I can see that. Even going.
2: if Tua does play, I think Buffalo handles yeah, it pretty I well. Agree. I think the Bengals are going to. You know, stomp the Ravens. We just. The Bing- a,
1: well, we don't know what Lamar Jackson's status is. I don't think it matters. He, he wasn't. Uh, it definitely matters. Yeah, a little, but I think the Bengals still win. I mean, yeah, I think Bengals are the better team, but you have a competitive team if Lamar Jackson's on the field, no doubt. I, I think the games that I was most intrigued by, um, I mean, here, the Tampa Bay Bucks yeah. and the Dallas Cowboys, I think that's going to be a really good game. I mm-hmm. think we could see an upset there for as much as you want to call it an upset. I think. The Bucks are two and a half point favorites at this point, so that yeah. line is already starting to slide. They opened at a three. Uh, I think the Giants Minnesota game—that's uh, a three point
2: right now. It is a three point spread, which the is surprising. Vikings
1: are favored at home, uh, so I think that'll be a pretty good game. Uh, the Seattle game—I mean, Seattle kind of has a little bit of buzz to them, you know, with what they've done. They've lost now twice to San Francisco. You know the Niners are loaded. This this could end up being like maybe an equivalent of like the TCU Georgia matchup, where you have one team on paper that doesn't deserve to be next to the other team, uh, but you know Seattle does have have you know a little bit of mojo working in its favor at this point. A in little bit. A so, little bit. But yeah, yeah I, I mean, I think that I think that there are going to be some good games, and I think I'm I'm calling for those. Two upsets to be the Giants over the Vikings. You think the Giants are going to beat the Vikings? I think the Giants okay. are going to beat the Vikings, and I think that the uh, the Bucks are going to beat the Cowboys.
2: Well, I, I'm with you on the Bucks, um, but I want to know why you think the Giants are going to beat the Vikings. I...
1: Uh, Minnesota has just kind of been; uh, they just haven't been as consistent as 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 I expect them to be. I guess. Yeah. The Giants have just been fighters. I, I like what Dayball created there. The the just the. I don't know there's just something about that team that seems to be a little bit more resilient um and so uh, you know i don't know it's not an exus nose thing it's just a hunch and just so, a,
2: just going on gut i'm going on like gut me with my uh horn frogs last week i you know what my favorite game may be though is is the chargers and jaguars i think that's going to be a yeah those two young stud quarterbacks i think that's going to be good i'm going to i'm going to lean jaguars in this one jags I, they, are got some
1: good they're also a home dog yeah i think by like a point yeah but yeah, I, 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 I'm actually going the other way. I think the Chargers, um, I just I really like that team a lot. But I do Jacksonville's good too. That's going to be another one of those great one. games. I mean what Trevor Lawrence has done there, I mean this, this season, especially the second half of the season, he has just come alive. Defense um, is pretty good, too. Yeah and yeah. I mean, they could go on a, they can go on a little bit of a run. Yeah. but you know, when you, when you look at both sides, I think the NFC is more a little bit more wide open. Uh, the Niners are, uh, to me, they're the favorite, even though, uh, you know, they're not getting that first-round by. Philadelphia with a less than 100% Jalen Hurts at quarterback. That could be a problem, you know. Uh, on the AFC side, man, it's just a three-headed monster. It's yeah. the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Bengals. And given the added kind of emotional piece that Buffalo has recently been playing with, man, it's got to be Buffalo's season, don't you think?
2: It, it kind of feels like it, yeah. They've... Um yeah, they've played great down the stretch, too, and we've seen them when they're at their best. They're, You know, the, the times they've slipped up this season is when uh, Josh Allen's made some mistakes, right? He, he can do that at times. Um, and they've had a couple of leaky defensive games, and you're just kind of never sure when you're going to get one of those. Yeah. But. It feels like them or the Chiefs, but golly, I mean, the Bengals, too. Yeah, I can't call that one. That's yeah. it. Like well, you, you have wild Card weekend, but then I think when we look forward next week to division uh,
1: Division weekend, man, those, I think, are going to be primo games for yeah. sure. Uh, but I think we talk a little bit of college football now. Our guest of honor that we mm. teased off the top of the show. How about we drop some for Dimes right now? <laughs> well, Chris, our guest today has done it all. Football player, football analyst, football coach. Here in Tampa, he was actually the sixth overall pick by the Bucks back in the 1994 draft. New head coach at UAB, it is Trent Dilfer. Welcome on in. Greetings from your old stomping grounds here in Tampa. When was the last time you were back in the Bay Area, Trent?
3: Uh, recently, I'm trying to remember why. Um, recruiting. Oh, land- <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly what it was. I was there about a month ago recruiting. So that was the last time I was there, and then uh, my wife and I got back a couple years ago, and enjoy the Bay area. So I still have a strong, um, affinity for the Bay area.
1: And I'm sure, as you mentioned, recruiting will bring you back here. Uh, pretty often, you know, you move around, you've moved around a lot, you, you know, in the NFL, you're with five different teams. Uh, I imagine you lived up in Bristol when you were with ESPN. You've, uh, Tennessee, Nashville, now Birmingham. Yeah. Do you have like a favorite spot that you've resided over the years?
3: Well, Seattle, uh, we retired in Austin before I unretired. Uh, Yeah, my wife and I talk about this often. Our time in Tampa, especially the back half when we were downtown at Harbor Island, Mm -hmm. uh, is one of our favorites. Uh, We really enjoyed our time in Nashville. It was a great, great city to live in, and uh, we kind of became empty nesters there, so we got to enjoy the the fun stuff of being empty nesters. Uh, Now we're both feet in here in Birmingham.
2: Yeah, let's talk about your new city there. Um I was there recently visiting family in the area and I got to say there's a ton of energy now around your hire. Everyone's talking about it. It was uh, a lot of people believe is exactly what UAB football needed. They mm-hmm. needed something Uh, not only splashy, but something with substance. And a lot of people are excited, Trent, about uh, your connections, uh, you being so intertwined with both the NFL and college, and of course through your Elite 11 camp over the years, the talent that you could bring to that roster there. What was it about UAB that made that job attractive to you, having, you know, you were having success right there in Nashville coaching high school football. Uh, What made this the place to take that leap for you?
3: Yeah, it's a great question, and I've answered it a few different ways with kind of some common themes. I think the biggest thing was we weren't trying to leave. You know, it was I wasn't one of those coaches that was ambitious to go to the next level. I was very happy with where I was at. We had built something out of the dust and made it pretty special, uh, really helped uh, reshape a community, which was important to us, and that's why we felt we were called there. And about eight weeks before I took this job, in fact, I remember sitting down with my wife and just kind of saying, hey, cause a bunch of ADs were calling, a bunch of agents were calling and, you know, all these jobs that were either open or coming open and everybody was gauging my interest. And I, I was kind of getting, um not irritated, but overwhelmed by a little bit cause I really wanted to finish strong with the group I was with. And I looked at my wife and I said, I think we just stay here and, you know, we just do this till we're 60 and then, <laughs> uh, you know, then retire again. And she goes, Trent, you were made for more than this. You, you need to open your mind to um, doing this, what you've done here at the next level. And, um, but you can be picky about it and getting to my answers. Okay. What does picky mean? And, and to me, it, uh, geographics mattered. I wanted to be in the Southeast. I've really fallen in love with the Southeast football matters more here. It just does. People can argue. I lived in Texas for four years and yeah, Friday night lights is a big deal, but football in general means more in the Southeast um the quality of athlete that you can recruit um i think you have an advantage here in the southeast Um, i wanted a president that cared about excellence that he woke up in the morning thinking about excellence and went to bed at night thinking about excellence and he had proved that with what he had done in his institution And, and dr watts here has built an incredible institution the medical school here all the things they've done is top shelf and then an ad that was a football guy now he didn't have to think football was the most important but he has to understand the football is the most impactful, um, and I, I think that is something that's really important to me because we want to impact not just a, an institution but a city through the power of football, and um, and then obviously a donor base has proved it. You know th- these things are expensive, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's expensive to build a top shelf program in college football, and you need a donor base uh, and a city that can support. Uh, that type of development plan, and they had done that with bringing football back, building a state-of-the-art stadium. We have great facilities here. You know, they have proven uh, that they're about their business. They don't just talk about it; they're about it. And um, and then I really developed a strong connection to Mark Ingram, the AD. You know, we we started this thing as just a in- informational gathering process between the two of us. Um, obviously, if you're him, it takes some courage to to, to uh, hire a high school coach. <laughs> uh, which I understood, and uh, and I wanted to know more about him. I wanted to know more about the institution. I wanted to more, know more about the football program. So the like the first four weeks were kind of a filling out process, and uh, and then once this thing got real, I was really excited about it and was able to tell those other schools uh, that were interested that I kind of had targeted this, and um, here we are.
1: Well, you get hired just after Thanksgiving, and. You have transfer portal. You got to build a staff. You got to get out there and recruit. You got to keep the guys that you have on the roster. I mean, what have, what have the last what's the last month and a half been like?
3: Drinking by a fire hose. Um, <laughs> it really has. I met with the staff for the first time, and we're not even whole yet. But with the staff that we have in place, uh, two nights ago, and I said, guys, I'm a process guy. I mean, we're going to be highly detailed, highly organized. You'll know where you're going to be every second of every day. But for right now. That's not what we're about right now. We're about getting stuff done. <clears throat> and you wake up in the morning, there's 400 things you got to get done by the time you go to bed and you only end up getting six of them done. So you wake up the next morning with 396 plus 400 more. <laughs> and you're, and you're just, you know, you're, you have to be, um, you have to really separate what's urgent and important. You know, everything's important right now, uh, but what is urgent? And we're really focused on, uh, Kicking butt on the things that are urgent, knowing that we'll we'll eventually get to all the other important things. Uh, but right now, it's you know this is a talent and fit acquisition and development business. You're looking for talent and people that fit to bring into your building and then develop them. And that's not just players. That's that's staffers. Uh, so I'm looking for highly quality high quality human beings and, and high football acumen coaches. I'm looking for great support staff people. I'm looking for great players, but not just great athletes, great uh, members of society, good students, people with great work capacity, guys with grit, determination, and fight, guys that have come from high school programs that have had a lot of demands on them. Like We look at recruiting more as connecting than we do at just going and finding what the recruiting services say are the best players. We want to connect with a young player uh, we want to get to know them. We want them to get to know us. We may not fit for them, so we're overly transparent with how we're going to build it, um, and we really want to dive into a little bit of their background more than just as football players. And we were really successful the first recruiting period. We signed 16 out of the 24 that visited. That's a that's a that's an enormously high number or percentage in the first one, and and we've targeted. Um, a handful of guys in, in this recruiting period with the portal and JCs, and then we'll move on to the, the final recruiting period, which is finishing your 23s that will sign February 1st. So uh, we feel like we've done a, considering we, we all started from zero, when I got here, we feel like we've we've done a nice job of building a, a state, uh, you know, top shelf, I'll use that term again, recruiting department. Uh, our coaches really leaned in and worn a lot of hats uh, in the short term and uh we're excited about where we're going
2: well do you even hire a quarterbacks coach because to me that would be like gordon ramsey hiring a chef I, I would i would feel sorry for that chef that had to work under uh the guy who has pioneered that um yeah how do you how do you approach that position and you mentioned your recruits have you found that because i think that's the expectation right this is trent dilfer with his elite 11 camp over 10 years of being the coach of that have you found that, you know, you get that quarterback, then other players follow. Have you found that guy yet?
3: You know, it hasn't been, that hasn't been the model. And I could see why that would be assumed. Um, And this is going to sound weird coming from a quarterback, but, you know, your quarterback's only as successful as the people around him. That's coaches and players. That's the process that you instill. That's the scheme. Um, You know, that's the culture. Uh, so we really focused on that first. We really focused on, building this thing inside out uh, on the line of scrimmages, um, using the portal and and junior college players as kind of supplementary type um, pieces to fill in some gaps, create competition in some positions, knowing that the quarterback situation will work itself out. We actually are very pleased with a couple of guys that are on the roster. Uh, They're guys I have history with, I know one about, and I've studied them before. Uh, We will add quarterbacks, obviously, and there's a lot of interest in that. Um, but I I think it would be um, I don't think it'd be the right process to start with the quarterback and trust that the rest would follow I actually wanted to build it inside out as it relates to the quarterback coach I actually did it opposite I actually want to be a really good head coach you know and (laughs) and I I learned this uh, over the years and I was around some really good play callers that were quarterback guys that come became head coaches and um it's hard to serve two masters it's hard to be the coordinator and the head coach and i think you can be the play caller and the head coach but to be the actual coordinator when people you know people hear that term like ah it's just a title no the coordinator coordinates he does a lot of stuff he basically has head coaching responsibilities and i want alex mortensen who i hired from the university of alabama to be able to do that And he's also a quarterback guy uh, we hired a quarterbacks coach and Nick Coleman from the University of South Carolina that I've had a lot of respect for over the years. He's recruited my quarterbacks at Lipscomb and I uh, got to know him pretty well, and I think he's one of the real rock stars in the business. Uh, we'll have a lot of people that are quarterback-centric in the building. Uh, the challenge will be who are the primary voices for the quarterback, uh, what's the process of teaching them on a seven-day cycle, what's the off-season program look like in their development, um, but we'll sit down again. Those are important things. They're not urgent things right now. But we'll make sure the quarterback that plays at UAB is the most prepared quarterback in the country. I'm pretty confident in saying that will happen.
1: So it sounds like you're already starting to pluck some talent away from the University of Alabama. Uh, yeah. you, you are. You are obviously in one of. It's got to be one of the toughest states to recruit in between Auburn and Nick Saban and the machine they have uh, in, down in Tuscaloosa. How do you feel your your pitch? Will look as as you move forward into to filling out these guys and these rosters, um, having to go somewhat head to head with those two programs.
3: Yeah, I don't think you're really going head to head with Alabama. I, I, that would be foolish to say you're going to go recruit against the University of Alabama. Nick Saban, I, they're going to get who they want. Um, they're going to have the the first pick at at all the the top talent in the country. The good thing is the state of Alabama is loaded. Um, There are so many good football players and so many good programs. You know, that's the thing that I came to recognize really quickly. I would heard about the coaches in Alabama, but I'd only played against one. We played against Thompson last year. Uh, Freeman is one of the best coaches in the country. And we're blown away by how well they were coached, how well they were prepared, the quality of athlete, the class for which they showed when we played them. Uh, But what I've learned is that he's one of many. Uh, there's a lot of great football coaches in the state of Alabama that have a lot of really good players. So there's enough to go around. I think that would be the easiest answer to that question that yeah, are we gonna get the six four and a half two hundred fifty five pound kid that runs four four five and has five stars next to his name? No, but there's a six four and a half two hundred and eighteen pound kid that runs four four five that is a year away from being two forty five. Uh, that we will get, in fact, we've already gotten them. So, you know, we're just looking at it more as, uh, we're probably one year behind. We're gonna take the kid that's probably gonna take one year to develop before he would be a four or five star, but that's okay, he's still a really good player, he's got great competitive traits, he's been in a great program, Um, he knows a lot of ball, he's a good team guy, and he's just probably one year away from hitting his maturity. That would have put more stars by his name. So that's that's kind of how we're approaching. it. We're, we're recruiting guys that have NFL traits at this age. You know, what I mean, we've looked at all the measurables, all the metrics of what an NFL player looks like when they're this age. Uh, and you'd be surprised; many of them aren't four and five star kids. A lot of them uh, are the kid I was just telling you about. They're they're not fully developed as eighteen year olds. Year olds. They're fully developed as twenty year olds. Um, but you got to know what they look like at eighteen year olds. Uh-huh. At eighteen years old, and that's what we're that's what we're finding.
2: Trent, I wanna ask you about a quarterback who's near and dear to a lot of people's hearts there in Alabama, and uh, and you are close to him as well. He was a star in your Elite 11 camp, I believe the MVP of it back in 2016, and that's uh, Tua Tungavailoa with the Dolphins now. Um, I know it's been a whirlwind for you these last few weeks, but if you had a chance to uh, speak with him, just following his uh, latest health scare, his latest um, concussion, and offer him any advice? And if, and if not, uh, and you could offer him some advice, what would it be at this point?
3: Well, I haven't watched any NFL um, since I took this job, but I did see that, that it happened. there's been quite the, the scary stuff happening in the NFL recently. Uh, with Tua's situation, I reached out to his mom and dad because I've known him forever, just let him know that I was thinking about him, praying for him. I dropped to a text but you know one of the neat one of the neat pieces of my relationships with these quarterbacks that have gone through the elite 11 and go to other places i've always said i'll be there for you but i'll never bug you Mm -hmm. so these guys know i care for them they have they all have my number they've reached out to me over the years as more of a mentor but a lot of times my role in their life is just to encourage them let them know i'm here for them if they need me uh, but not to add any uh maintenance to their life where they feel like they have to Hit me up on speed dial, so I have not talked to Tua.
1: Another young whippersnapper that was in your elite eleven, uh, Tom Brady. No, maybe, maybe not. But you are. <laughs> life he life. was. You Listen, life.
3: <laughs> he was in my. Uh, him and his sister. Uh, sorry, his sister and I were uh, together at Fresno State. So Tommy was out of practices when he was like 12 years old when I was in college.
1: <laughs> I'm sure you saw the greatness even back then. I got to ask yeah. you because uh, this team is now heading to the playoffs and they're 500 right now. Uh, they actually can use this week against Atlanta as a buy if they wanted to. What's your kind of take on what this team will look like, this Buccaneers team and, and the chances? Uh, I mean, they still have Tom Brady. The office hasn't has struggled, of course, this year hasn't found its consistency. Seems like we saw a glimpse of it last week. Uh, but I mean, what's your opinion on on what he can do uh, moving into the playoffs?
3: Well, I think he can will your team to more wins than it probably deserves, yeah. and, and especially this time of year. And, and you know, the one thing just studying Tom over all the years when I was at ESPN, and and really it was just studying greatness, and he was kind of the key figure in greatness in the NFL was. Uh, his ability to get his team to get better as the year wore on Um, kind of that long tail approach uh, to his in-season process that you know he he plays bad the team plays bad it doesn't look good everybody knee-jerk reacts including myself when I was on ESPN and saw him lose against the Chiefs one night at Monday Night Football and I'm like oh they're not who they used to be and He doesn't really get phased by that. You know, he's always looking at how we're going to get better as the year goes on, and and they're playing some of their better ball offensively. Uh, He'll get them ready for the playoffs. Now, they don't look like a Super Bowl team, at least last I looked, before I stopped watching the NFL and I took this job. Um, But would you count them out? I mean, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't be the guy that counts his ability to to will a team to another Super Bowl. Um, And he knows how to win, and and sometimes that's an esoteric term, but – there is there is a gift of knowing how to win a game. Um, it does It isn't always what the box score says. A lot of it's these in-game decisions that a lot of people don't recognize, but they're the difference between winning and losing. And I think that's really ultimately where his magic is, is his ability to make four to six better decisions in the course of a 60-minute game than everybody else. And if it's a close game, he's going to end up on top of it.
1: Very good, Trent. We uh, we wish you all the best in uh, Birmingham as you settle in and hopefully get get a little bit more sleep in the coming months as uh, you step into you this. Notice, job.
3: You notice that I got the the bags beneath my eyes. That's
2: not what he was implying,
3: I'm
1: no. sure. No. Well, it was hard to see you g- given the glimmer of the Lombardi Trophy right behind you, uh, shining off the sunlight there in Birmingham. But we appreciate your time. We wish you all the best, and and I'm sure uh, you'll be back in our neighborhood soon, recruiting some of the best from the Bay Area, the great Trent Dilfer. Absolutely. Go get him, Trent. Appreciate it,
3: guys. Thank you.
1: Great conversation. There's just so much that I feel like we could have talked about. I mean, we didn't even get into his time here in Tampa
2: or – He's Dilfer's career. dimes, like the whole etymology of it. Dil- he, I'll, yeah, good guy, gave long answers though. Yeah. Like if, well, he's a thoughtful man. He yeah. is very thoughtful. He's gonna need to dial it back a little though when he's in the locker room with those UAB kids. All right, <laughs> Trent. Hold yeah, attention. he did give me a chance to ask him. Like uh, I had some Birmingham-specific questions for him. Okay. I, I wanted to gets our key demo. I, it is. We're big <laughs> in the ham. My, my parents live up here. They're big listeners. Hi, Cookie. Um. <laughs> So but <laughs> three, I wanted three I wanted to ask him if he has been to the top of Red Mountain yet because okay. and is he this? probably has because the t- local TV stations sit atop Red Mountain. You know, you get your elevation for your antenna gotcha. up there. Is it know.
1: like a legit mountain or is it's it It's a legit mountain. Okay.
2: Yeah, and, and on Red Mountain, right outside a couple of the TV stations is the Vulcan statue. Ooh. Yeah, the Roman like go- S- Star Trek. R- no, like the Roman god of metalworks, because Birmingham was a big steel city. Ah, into into pagan worship. I yeah, see ex- yeah, I oh, know. Bur- Bur- Last Birmingham. place you would expect the Bible Belt for them to be casting <laughs> idols, but yeah, he's up there on the hill. And <laughs> uh, I wanted to warn Trent, it, you know, don't be shocked because in the front, Vulcan's wearing the smock, the welder smock, Uh-oh. but it, in the back, he's he's cheeks. He's, he's hospital gown. Really? He's flapping in the breeze. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go up there to the TV stations on top of Red Mountain and, you, and you're not aware and you're just looking, then you're yeah. like, oh, so I wanted to warn him not to be caught off guard yeah. by Vulcans.
1: Well, real estate south of the Vulcan statue <laughs> on Red Mountain is probably precipitously down, right? It's, it's windy up there. I know yeah. someone that probably knows that Birmingham area quite well. Let's bring in B- Brian K. That's him. Brian, are you familiar with the uh, Vulcan uh, exposure
0: there on I worked. backside? F- I worked four years up on top of that mountain, and I saw it daily. <laughs> he saw <laughs> it explain how what is you were like working Is it like is it like the David statue? Is is that what it's I'm just, envisioning. It, yeah, yeah, a little bit like that. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a great statue He does actually. have
2: this he's a great statue. He has the smock on, right? I'm right about that. In the yeah, front but he's it, it's, covered up. Yeah, it's but like in the an back, iron
0: smock yeah. that you know, protects him from Yeah, you don't but, want
2: the heat on your front side. But right. um,
1: why not just do I mean because he's mean, working with metal. Like, think about why, that. Why aren't you wearing pants? Wouldn't you work with metal you in should the be box? Wearing, you your sparks. Work... It gets hot.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but he's got it. Some mock off. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Birmingham for you. I don't know if I'm ever gonna visit now yeah. because of no, that.
0: No. no, you got. And the, the old Birmingham Bowl trophy. They used to have a miniature Vulcan. Yeah. That would be part of the trophy. So you got it, and there he was, it was out the, for everyone to Vulcan. see, even the uh,
2: trophy. Miniature backside on your I think okay.
0: USF actually has that trophy. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah
2: well hopefully that? they don't lose it to uab this year yeah. all right we got some headlines
0: to headlines get to. you ready for some headlines if it, it's anything about the vulcan
1: being exposed in
0: the rear i uh, wish then, okay. i knew we right. that i would have done that let's see the first headline okay. here coming up it's man's trying to beat spam calls we always get these spam calls right guy's name's tom price to to beat these spam price span, Pri- well to <laughs> change his to beat the callers he said he's going to legally change his name, name to tom <laughs> price. Well, I love that. Almost as much as I love those side stories. What are those?
1: What does it say? Uh, I can't says, read. My eyes aren't that
0: good. Uh, anchor trying a new career in singing. That's Kato. And the <laughs> other one is uh, I'm trying to remember because I can't see it too well. It's uh, Smith says toppings are not needed on pies. Uh, oh. He has heads that. That's yeah.
1: true.
2: That headline is true, the
1: Scott <laughs> no, Smith I mean, headline. I mean, I'm, but I'm, I'm pro-whip cream, as we must right. reestablish. All right. Um, so, man beats spam
0: calls. Uh, he legally Tom changes his name p- to... P- 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 yeah.
2: I love it, and I think it is a real headline. I think it's real, too. I like to disagree with Scott, but I think that's too good to be wow. false. Is there a, a dozen Ps in there? It,
1: it is. Ten
0: Ps. It's actually pronounced Tim... Per per per, per 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 price. Oh, like yeah. he threw some artists. He says in there it's there working. He says that these calls. So it's, re- it's, it's real. T- it's true. Yeah. Okay. It's A guy yeah, in yeah. England, and he says it works because people that see them. His name on a list. Say, nah, there's no way I'm calling this guy," because they think it's either a mistype or something. So. Yeah. He says it's actually worked.
1: The <laughs> bad just, thing is, is that he's a teacher,
2: and he goes yeah. by Mister. All <laughs> <laughs> <by Mr. laughs> <laughs> the. Uh, boy, All right. A lot of spittle flying of spittle, in that classroom. There you go. Yeah. One for go in, one.
0: Headline two car keeps returning a guy uh with a driverless car keeps having it returned to his own house it's a guy that works for a company that develops these driverless cars and so they let him have one to test it out so he gave it to his son who was going to a local college and he said you work this out see how it works and plus you know driverless cars cars that can drive you know if he's out at the pub or whatever
1: wait the car are these things in service right now yes
0: I mean, what Where do like you all have times? one? Right I, mine's coming to pick me up in five minutes. Let's wrap <laughs> this up. The problem with this car is there's a bug in the system and it keeps returning back to the original owner's house. So the guy's trying to go to class oh. and the thing drives back to his house. How
2: can, cute. It's like a puppy that you try to, you know, stray and you're like, I can't. Right. I, you can't it's live a, there anymore. I'm not yours anymore, but it comes home. I, I would
1: say that that sounds real, but given the, the picture in the Nodpod Gazette of. That looks like one of those tyco like wheels like that your kids used to drive. Keep yeah, in
0: mind I'm legally blind. tied to some pictures <laughs> I'm allowed blind. to <laughs> okay. Oh I see. I drew uh, that yes. So it's not a legitimate <laughs> <laughs>
1: publication. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say fake story. Fake story. Even though it sounds kinda real. Kato.
2: I'm gonna say as much detail as you went into there or whoever is the editor this week of the Nod Pod Gazette that, that, that that's true.
0: That is a fake story. Oh, there you oh go. man. It's a little tip. Too much details. It's a but fake.
1: Of course that would that could happen, right? I mean, I, sure. I guess you're just programming it in like you would like a you know Google Maps or something like that. And if your home address is... It keeps coming
2: home to home you. It. Hopefully with an Uber Eats order in it for you every time. That would be right. great. Yeah. Burning a lot of extra fuel probably.
0: All right. <laughs> Headline three here no goats in michigan tom brady went to university of michigan where well, there's another university in michigan that is going to ban the word goat greatest of all time true or false a university banning the use of the word goat hmm. how is
2: can it, they do that is it because they don't like the fact that we're always trying to declare so and so as the goat of this and
0: it's overused mm-hmm. misused
1: and useless Okay. Okay. You're going into a little bit more detail that makes me feel like it's true. Yeah. I'm going to say it's um, the uh, University of uh,
2: Western Michigan. The Chippewas?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Wouldn't it
2: be Michigan State because they are Michigan's rivals? That would actually make a lot more sense. A goat. Uh, I say it's true as well.
0: It is true. True. Lake Superior State University. Ah,
2: those oh. fighting sheeps. L- yeah. LSSU sheep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what do they have against Tom Brady? Don't go against the franchise.
0: Uh, they, he, this uh, professor there puts out a, year, a list yearly of words that are just overused. That say, "Hey, you got to get them out of your vocabulary." Hmm. So, "goat" is number one, but it's words like "gaslighting," uh, "moving forward." It's words and phrases. Oh, Amazing. Yeah. I like this guy. Is it? It is what it is, my favorite, mm-hmm. on there. So. End
2: of the day. How about that? Is that on there?
0: End of the day, no. At Does that make day. sense is on there.
2: Oh, oh, how about so? Starting every, remember, we all, so used to be a conjunctive right. word. Now we all start sentences with it. Yeah. Can we ban so. that? I don't Do know
1: even think that, that. conjunctive is a word. <laughs> Conjunctivitis. <laughs> yeah. It's like an eye infection, isn't
0: it? <laughs> <laughs> Do we have another headline, well, we have a mister? We final one here. All right. A study at Arizona State. Hey, has, that's my dog! That is... uh what's his name Cooper <laughs> Colton yeah. what, what is it you're fired no it's what? Calvin Cleopatra <laughs> he's beautiful Isn't he it? Is. it's a cute dog yeah, he is. uh Arizona State uh done a study saying when dogs are actually the cutest they found an age where humans fi- think that dogs are the most cute study yeah,
1: yeah it? that's there gotta be a real story you think yeah.
0: there's a okay yes because there. I
1: mean it's studies are notoriously done just to waste people's money. Right. And so this is the perfect type of thing to waste somebody's money. Usually
2: taxpayer money. And everybody would be
1: interested in it because we're so dog-obsessed and animal-obsessed. Very huge on dogs. Yeah, Yeah. it's like, oh. Let's spend money. And I'm going to guess, because Calvin is, you know, three and a half months. That three and a half months is the cutest age.
0: Am I right? Because Calvin Uh, peaked. Calvin is past his peak. Oh, Calvin. Oh, so this is true. (laughs) It is a true story. Uh, Arizona State did do a study on it, and— they have found in all their responses that dogs between the ages of six weeks and ten weeks, primarily ten weeks, is when they're at their peak cuteness. Mm, that's
2: why the, the People, puppy sellers want to get them out the door before they start right. <laughs> wilting like a poinsettia. You know, three weeks after New Year's. Well, I kept the receipts for Calvin, Good. so I'm taking Uh-oh. them back. I'm going to get a younger model. Yeah. <laughs> That starts
1: what are we up? doing in our, in our public
2: institutions? <laughs> Banning goats, do, doing puppy surveys. Are they learning anything? I can tell you when dogs are the cutest. It's when they're not yours, they're not uh, urinating on your rug, yeah. they're not yeah. chewing your shoe. When it's Scott's dog and I can just look at its picture, then it's the cutest. It's that not is... it's not messing up my stuff. I'm happy with it. A lot of truth.
0: How did yeah. you
1: get to name Calvin? How did that come about? I named him after John Calvin, my...
2: My favorite theologian.
1: Yeah, good so, one. There oh, you go. I, thought, I know. You didn't know I was gonna take it that way. You had Calvin
2: and Hobbes. I oh. actually thought you might take it that way. Okay, I did. well you know me. Yeah. Or Calvin Coolidge. Wait, you're Calvin a big Coolidge. Cal- yeah,
1: mm. hey Calvin Coolidge, he was a good president, right? Yeah.
2: I don't know. I think uh. he's on the bottom of the list usually. We'll do that <laughs> one on another <laughs> I don't podcast. Know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Well, rank presidents. Oh, he was pretty good, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. No, he was horrible, actually. <laughs> all right. Very good. All right. Thanks, thanks BK. We appreciate thanks, the guys. headlines. And uh, to watch full-length ed- episodes of this year podcast, head to fox13news.com slash nodpod, or you can hit the QR code on the screen as we speak. Uh, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. Get us every week in audio form. You can check us out on the tube as well every week. And, of course, find all the shows on the social media pages as well. A big thanks to our guest on today's program, Trent Dilfer. We wish him the best of luck out there in Birmingham. Steer clear of the Vulcan statue. <laughs> Maybe he could do his part in, in, in putting some Recruiting some pants for it. Recruit some pants for the Vulcan statue. Yeah, most statue coaches recruit their
2: pants off. He's going to recruit some pants on. I love it. All right.
1: Until the next time we are on, there are no off days.
2: Never. It is what it is,
1: Chris. Please That's let what us have an off say. day.
0: <laughs>